Welcome to Annaswick Church. We hope this message from our senior leader, Brent Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to you all. We've been working on a, going on a journey, haven't we, of practicing the way, titled Practicing the Way, and uh, practicing the way of Jesus. What is discipleship all about? working through some of those dynamics, which I think has been really important for us. And to those of you who are online this morning, a big welcome to you. And I hope you've been uh, enjoying our worship this morning. And we have uh, really been on a, a massive journey over the last few weeks. I think our worship is just climbing and climbing, getting, getting you know, uh, way better and way better. Not that it's been bad, but it's just getting better and better. don't know how something not bad gets better and better, but it just does. It's amazing. And I think that people's hearts are really here this morning. Uh, your heart is with God. And I think that's what generates such a, an atmosphere of worship is when we truly are worshippers. Uh, and uh, the Bible says we will worship him in spirit and in, and in truth. And I think the songs that we've sung this morning certainly have expressed the truth of, of who God is. I love that, you know, in the shadows. McLaren, have you got it there, those words to the chorus? of the Reckless Love song, just the chorus part, just amazing. In the shadows, it says in the shadows, uh, over the oval, yeah, never, keep going. Somewhere in the shadows, there's no shadow. You won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up coming after me. Let me tell you, God's coming after you. God is after you. And there ain't no shadow. He won't light up. I think I shared this a couple of weeks ago with you, a scripture where it says that uh, that there is... um, uh, you know, if we walk in the light uh, as he is in the light, then uh, there is no darkness. But too often as human beings, we, by the way, that was a song, not a scripture. I think that was part of a scripture, but it was actually really part of a song. If Dave King was here, he'd sing it because it was his favorite band who used to sing it called DC Talk uh, back in the 80s, 90s. But anyway, he's not here this morning, and that's okay. Uh, but uh, it is also scriptural anyway that there is a, God wants to shine a light in the darkness. And there is always a little bit of darkness in us. And that's why sometimes we struggle to practice the way of Jesus is because we actually have things in our life that we need to look at, work through, and deal with, right? Amen? We all have. We all have that. And, but we're on a journey, and so we need to actually discover what are some of those things that we actually need to have lit up in our life. And to be honest, I think a lot of the things that are dark in our world are actually things we don't know are dark. We actually don't know that, they're dark, that there's darkness there. We know we're not getting a breakthrough. We know we're not progressing in God, but we don't know why. We know we're not really walking in the blessing and favour of God like the, the Scripture tells us, and we don't know why. And so I want to share with you this morning, we're going into a a real interesting dynamic of this whole emotional well-being, absolutely. And I I spoke to it a couple of weeks ago in regards to the Apostle Paul talking about strongholds, if you remember, talking about strongholds. and, 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 And he actually gives us incredible hope because he says, look, we actually have a power, supernatural power, weapons that actually are there to demolish strongholds. 
right? Every argument, every pretension that comes, comes against what Christ would say to, uh, for us and what He would have for our lives, we bring those thoughts obedient to Christ, submit them to Him, all right? And, and then that changes, begins to change our thinking. We are, re- we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, etc., uh, etc. Et and I felt like a couple of weeks ago, God gave me a word about the current season because the current season that we are in uh, nationally as a church is, is pretty difficult. It's been more difficult than what it was when I was in the 90s and the, the 2000s. We're in the 2020s now. It's been a long time in ministry, but the changes now are, are really quite unique. And we have a woke culture and we have a cancel culture and all those things are really coming against the church big time. And it it's really is quite demonic, to be honest. It's a, it's a lot of, uh, there's nothing in the Word of God about a woke culture or a cancel culture. So uh, it's all very um, much stemmed from a, quite a demonic approach to uh, our, uh, you know, to, to where the culture is today. And so I want to kind of like work through some things that, well, I want to share with you what I believe God is saying, first of all. Uh, well, not first of all, hopefully most of it this morning will be what God is saying, not just what I'm saying. But in Joshua chapter 1, it says this, and McLaren's going to put it up on the screen there. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. And I really believe that there is a, a death of the old and there's a new thing that God is wanting to do. And the reason for uh, the, the way the culture is often is because we move into a transitionary period where actually God is wanting to do something far more amazing than what he's ever done. The church has been good in the past, but it's got to get better. And for it to get better, uh, there has got to be a new way of thinking and a new generation that has to rise up. And it doesn't mean that I got to die. It just means my thinking has to die, right? It doesn't mean you have to die. It just simply means I'm ready for the next season, God. Bring it on. Bring it on. Because there's a new season that God wants to bring us into. In the 90s, there was a season. In the 2000s, another season. There's been many seasons that have gone on in church life. And Viv and I have been very much a part of that for many, many years. Since 1987, believe it or not. Long time. So Moses, my servant, is dead. And now, which, which is really a picture. This is God speaking to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Which is really a picture of the old gone. The old is gone now. They've just had 40 years in the wilderness. My servant is dead. Now get you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses, your territory will extend, blah, blah, blah. Verse five, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. What an incredible promise. Boy, is that a promise that we need today, Right? Well, and amongst all this culture that's going on, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you, God. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their, to their ancestors to give them. Verse seven, what does it say there? Verse seven, be strong and courageous. This is a time not to cower in fear. This is a time to be strong and courageous. Not to be afraid, not to be anxious, not to be worried, but actually to be strong and courageous. Be obedient to the Word of God. Verse, uh, keep keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. So you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Look, the same 
word that's applicable, that was applicable then is still the same word we have today, God's word. It's still applicable to today. That still applies today. You stay with the word of God and you will be prosperous and you will be successful. Anyone want to prosper? Anyone want to be successful? Well, you know, that's not very biblical, Brent. I don't think you should really be think, talking about that because you're, now you're talking about the prosperity gospel. No, I'm not talking about the prosperity gospel. I'm just talking, I've just read the word of God. The word of God, let it be your foundation and you will be prosperous and you will be successful. Have I not commanded you? God's speaking to Joshua. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. It wasn't a feeling, it was a command. So you, when you walk out of here today, when you walk out for this coming week, what are you to be? You're to be strong and courageous. God's calling. It's all right, everybody. It's okay, it's important. You're to be strong and courageous. Not to be discouraged, not to be dismayed, uh, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered, this is verse 10, Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp, tell the people, get the provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan, here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you on your own. Now jump down to verse 16. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. That's a bit strange that in there, isn't it? because we know what the Israelites were like. But hey, this was a new generation. This wasn't that generation. This was a new generation and they'd learned some things. They'd learned obedience. And boy, do we need a generation today that actually is, is, is wanting and desiring to learn obedience, what it is to be obedient to God. So they began to talk to Joshua and said, look, just as we obeyed Moses, we're going to obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you, Joshua, as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word doesn't obey it. Well, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Three days they had. They had three days, three days, and three times Joshua was told to be strong and courageous. Jesus rose on the third day. That enabled those of us who would believe in Him, enabled us to have a new life. We became new creations, right? Joshua chapter three, verse five. This is three chapters later in the book of Joshua. Joshua tells the people that they must consecrate themselves for tomorrow. So consecrate yourselves, right? So second day, you had to consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the third day, the Lord was going to what? The Lord was going to do amazing things among them. The third day is a resurrection day and the Lord wants to do amazing things among you. Do you believe it? We've got to believe it. We've got to understand that there is amazing things that God wants to do even in this time, even in this age, even in this culture, God wants to do amazing things. But, and there's a but. God, God said to Joshua, be bold and be confident, be courageous. Oh, by the way, Joshua, I want, to lead, want you to, before you lead the people through, there's something I need you to do. I want you to consecrate the people. He said to them, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord's gonna do amazing things among you. All right, the third day was coming, but, but before the third day arrives, I want you to, do, I, I want you to consecrate yourselves. What, what does consecrate mean? Consecrate means firstly, dedicate. Secondly, devote. And thirdly, it's clean-up time. It's clean-up. The reason for the clean-up is because it's all on for tomorrow. And so there is a calling 
uh, for us today to really embrace this way, the practicing of the way in such a way that there is a greater dedication, a greater devotion, and even a bit of a cleanup in our life. And some of the cleanup that we need are things that you don't even know you need yet. I'm gonna reveal some things this morning. It's something I normally do that takes a whole day. And we're gonna do it in about 20 minutes. Is that all right? We're gonna go through this in about 20 minutes. I'm gonna be rattling off pretty quick. Uh, and so just stick with me. It's a bit of a teaching rather than a preach, uh, but I'll try and preach at the same time because it's just, you know, preaching's just louder rather than, just, you know, quiet to teaching stuff. But, uh, but this is so important. I hope you really get this because I know that I've, I've seen people set free from some things they never thought they'd have to be set free from because God began to speak to them when I begin to uh, work through a message like this, God begins to speak and begins to reveal things that have been brought down from generation to generation. Uh, dare I say it, curses, strongholds, strongholds can be curses, curses can be strongholds that have actually been passed down from generation to generation that you've probably never even been aware of. And when I begin to reveal some of these things to you of what a curse can actually look like, it may actually spark some things in your life and go, oh, heck, yeah, when I think about that, when I think about that, yeah, maybe there is something there. And, and look, even if it's not a defo and it's just a maybe, I'd still be praying it through. And at the end of this message, we're gonna have a prayer time. And we're gonna pray some things off our lives that will help us move into what the, the amazing things are that God has for us, even in this day and age. Anybody ready for that? Anybody up for that? Okay, so consecrate yourselves. It's the hard part. Yeah, we wanted the Lord to do amazing things among us, but boy, have we got some things that we need to sort out first. And we can, um, we can be rendered powerless because we have not yet consecrated, devoted or dedicated. Uh, or cleaned up. Give yourself a clean up because tomorrow it's all on. Turn to the person next to you and say, tomorrow it's all on. Come on. Yeah, there we go. I think, I think the, greatest, the greatest strongholds on our life are those things that we find we have no control over. Anybody ever felt like you've been out of control with some things in your life? For some of us, we don't even know that they are there nor, nor what they are. To some degree, they are more like a curse, a literal curse by some act of disobedience or some disloyalty to God. I know, I know, it's kind of like, welcome to the twilight zone this morning, everybody. There's, we're gonna go deep here. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, it talks about the curses that we carry because of disobedience to God, followed by the blessings attached to your life when there is obedience to God. So disobedience to God, uh, there's curses. When there's bless, uh, obedience to God, then we walk in the blessing of God, right? See, we all want the blessing, but we forget about the curses. We don't wanna talk about the curses. We don't wanna talk about those things that kind of hold us back, right? We just want the blessing. Give us the blessing, God. But there's no consecration that happens in between because we don't actually acknowledge that there are curses on our life. Um, so, so this is a message that you won't hear often, possibly for two reasons. The devil wants to conceal from you what's ailing you. And he knows the possibility that all hell is bound once it is exposed. Secondly, no one's preaching it because it's old school. I've been preaching this since 1987. I learnt this at Bible college uh, and, and, and I've been preaching it ever since. And I, I, as I said, it normally takes a whole day to go through. So uh, I'm rattling through some, some pretty uh, big stuff here. In fact, I'm gonna read verses that aren't normally read either. Uh, on a, just a typical Sunday, if that's okay. And they're still biblical verses, by the way. It's just that we probably haven't really broached those, those particular subjects uh, like we probably could do uh, today, or will do.
today. So, uh, so you know, uh, when, when we talk about the old school kind of stuff, we kind of think, well, Brent, you're just Old Testament and not New Testament. Oh, well, the Bible says that Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So the law has not been abolished. It's not over, folks. The law is still there to guide us. It still has principles there that actually guide us. Um, you know, the Ten Commandments are a great example, right? And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit as well. I mean, it's still good to honour and uh, honour the Ten Commandments. Uh, uh, really important. But, but the thing is, he, Jesus came to uh, fulfil the law. In other, words, in other words, He is the answer now. He is our hope now. Because of Jesus, the law is fulfilled. So in other words, Jesus came to fix what was broken. Jesus forgives. Jesus can fix the problem. Uh, he can fix your separation from God. That's why, why He came to the cross. That's why He died for us. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, it says this, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. Oh, by the way, this is a New Testament scripture. Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus, however, have what? Have, is it there? Have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. In other words, you've gone through a moment of time of consecration of dedication and devotion to God. I'm leaving that stuff behind and I'm, I'm making a d moment of devotion. Well, not a moment, but a lifetime of devotion. But I choose today to make that moment the beginning of a lifetime of devotion because this is really important. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Okay, Galatians 3 verse 13 says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, okay? All right? So he's become a curse for us. Means that we now come to Christ through faith, not through the law. We can bring every curse, we can bring every stronghold to him and he forgives us, cleanses us and heals us. He is our sacrifice once and for all. In other words, we're not stuck in the Old Testament. We've got to go bring another lamb to the altar to have sacrifice. No, Jesus has done that once and for all. We bring our sins, we bring all the, the, the strongholds to Christ and He sets us free from those strongholds. He sets us free. This is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus. This is why we worship Him. This is why we honour Him. Uh, he is worthy of our praise because He has broken something. Well, you know, He, he has broken uh, the, the, the effects of the enemy over our life so that we can walk in the authority that we have as Christians to demolish strongholds, to annihilate the work of the, the, work of the enemy. 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is what? Faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the hope that we have. That's the hope that we have. Okay, so how do I know I might have a curse or a stronghold on my life? Good question, thank you for asking. A curse is typically something that has attached itself to us through disobedient heritage or our own disobedience to God. Uh, now, Here's a disclaimer, because I'm going to go through some things that might show up, some things that you might think, oh, yeah, that could be me, uh, or that could be a curse on our family line or whatever. 
um, the, just uh, as a disclaimer, that you could just simply be just plain old sick, if you know what I mean. Like, might not necessarily be. Um, you've got to be careful. We're not looking for devils under every rock. Okay, that's what I mean. There could be just that you are, you know, you you know that there's a sickness there, and it's not necessarily something that's been a curse. It's just simply something that a season or whatever that you're having to work through and see God's healing in, which we believe God can heal absolutely any sickness whatsoever. Um, you know, a temporary, I think it's more something that's temporary rather than long term, to be honest. Uh, temporary issues that we find ourselves in for a season will often be just simply, hey, that's a season I'm going through, not necessarily a curse. Not, don't walk out of here going, oh, Brent says I'm cursed. No, I think you've got to actually work out whether you think you are or not. So I'm going to pray and then um, we'll expose some of the potential curses or strongholds in our life. We'll then take a journey of prayer that breaks the curse and you can walk freely then into the resurrection day for your life where Jesus wants to do amazing things among you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I sense the anointing of God here in this place already. I thank you, Lord God, that you have brought us together today for a very, very special reason. God, you want to break strongholds off us. You want to, you want to break curses off our life of the things that have been going on for many years, things that have been going on for even generations. I pray in the name of Jesus that you begin to speak by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place right now. Come and fill our hearts, fill our minds, and begin to re- reveal to us the things, Lord God, where we know we need to bring it, that you, God, that you're bringing attention to, that we know we need to actually attend to and deal to. I thank you, Lord, for your power and your anointing that's in this place. In Jesus' name. Okay, indications of a curse. Number one, mental and emotional breakdown. Mental and emotional breakdown um, can often be a symptom of uh, or an indication of oppression or bondage. Uh, now, what do I mean by emotional, uh, mental emotional breakdown? Okay, firstly, um, uncontrollable evil thoughts. Uncontrollable evil thoughts. Blasphemous thoughts about God, about Jesus, or the Holy Spirit. Secondly, excessive self-pity. Thirdly, overwhelming and continuing fear. So after a bigger one in our culture today. Uncontrollable emotions. Resistance to spiritual things. Religious delusions. Depression. Compulsive thoughts of suicide. Manipulation and control. These can actually be something that is beyond your control and something that has been plaguing your family line for many, many generations. All right, so that's, that's one aspect of an indication of a curse. The second one is this, repeated sickness. I, I, again, I say repeated sickness because I think that, again, not necessarily every sickness is a curse, but a repeated sickness could be an indication of a curse, especially hereditary Uh, particularly where doctors cannot find a cause. All right, thirdly, this is for the females because it's feminine problems. One is uh, barrenness. The other one is miscarriages. Now, this could also be a medical problem, putting in a disclaimer. This could also be a medical problem rather than a curse. But again, it's something that could possibly be, you know, right through your family line. Number four is marriage breakups. Family alienation, where you see in previous fam- family dynamics, divorce, divorce, or, or just always at odds with each other as family, as family members. 
that can often be an indication of a curse. Number five, uh, this is an interesting one, financial insufficiency. Always finding it hard to make ends meet. Sometimes God tests us with financial difficulties. Absolutely, that's not a curse. Uh, but, it's, it, but it is, I think, if it's always. It is, I think, if it's always. Always struggling financially, always finding it hard to make ends meet. Number six, accident prone. We had a kid at school. Uh, we used to call him the jinx, I, but I didn't know this stuff, right, uh, when I was at school. And uh, we just used to call him the jinx because he just kept on breaking bones all the time, like all the time. Um, accident prone, people that can actually be accident prone, always tripping over something, breaking something, you know, uh, whatever. Number seven is, uh, this is a bit more of a serious one, history of unnatural deaths. Now, if your family, if your family have been in the Masonic Lodge, you will probably find that there has been, as well as, um, as, as well as being part of the Masonic Lodge, is a possible history of unnatural, unnatural deaths, possibly, possibly. Um, but something to uh, think through in regard to that. Uh, you can Google Masonic Lodge and it'll show you there uh, some of the things that are... We just don't have time for it this morning. That's why this takes a whole day, because we go through every, every uh, bit of this. So, um, the other indications of a curse. So just hold on. Hold on. We, we're getting there. Um, let me give you a reasons for a curse. Uh, it basically is disobedience to God, uh, particularly in these areas. Number one, having false gods. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 and 4 says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the what? Third or fourth generation. But those who are blessed... Showing love to what? How many? A thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Okay, so uh, Deuteronomy chapter 27 verse 15, again the same thing, talking about having false gods. Cursed is the man who who carves an image or casts an idol, a thing detestable to the Lord, the work of the craftsman's hands, and sets it up in secret. You shall have no other gods before me. People have little Buddhas in their house or, uh, you know, they're gods, you know, they're idols, and uh, they need to be thought through in regards to whether they should be in the house or not. Uh, disrespect for parents is the second one. So not just false idols, but uh, false gods, but disrespect for parents. Deuteronomy 27 verse 16. Cursed is the man who dishonors his mother or his father. Um, so there's a whole dynamic there about being obedient to our parents. Thirdly, treachery against our neighbor. 20, Deuteronomy 27 verse 17. Cursed is the man who moves his neighbor's boundary stone. Basically just ripping off your neighbor is what that's talking about. Uh, the next one is injustice to the weak. Cursed is the man who leads the blind astray on the road. Cursed is the man who withholds justice from the alien, in other words, the outsider, uh, the fatherless, or the widow. Um, the next one is illicit sex. This is a biggie. Uh, there's, there is scriptures uh, with this, and I'll go to a new, there's an Old Testament scripture, but there's also a New Testament scripture, which I think is more applicable uh, for us in our day. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, flee sexual immorality. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. So there are, um, you know, there's a whole lot of wrongful sex that the Bible is very much against. 
uh, and talks about, and, and basically remember, everything that the Bible speaks against is all about your protection, by the way. It's not just a, you shouldn't do that. No, there's a reason why we shouldn't do that, because God wants to protect you as a person. And so there's a whole lot of things there which lead to, uh, you know, uh, I mean, without going through the details, but the consequences of that often are guilt and condemnation, which then leads to demonization, which then leads to emotional disturbance. Okay, so hence the reason why we're talking about it today. The last, uh, the next one is stealing. Another reason for a curse is stealing. Uh, Zechariah chapter 5, this is the curse that is going over the whole land for according to what it says on one side, every thief will be banished according to what it says on the other. Everyone who swears falsely will be banished. The Lord Almighty declares, I'll send it out. It will enter the house of the thief and the house of him who swears falsely by my name. It will remain in his house and destroy it, both its timbers and its stones. Okay, so uh, stealing is a, is a biggie. Uh, next one is stinginess towards God. Malachi 3 is, is always a good one there. You are under a curse. Well, that's pretty clear. Uh, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Next one is perverting gospel, perverting the gospel. Galatians 1, 8 and 9. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. This is New Testament. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Always important to stick with the word of God, people. Uh, the next one, last one, is depending on the flesh. Jeremiah 17 verse 5, this is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on the flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Whew, there we go. Did you get all that? All the reasons for, uh, for, for why there may, may be curses. And remember, it may not be you, uh, but it could be a family member that has, you know, been or done such things that actually needs breaking off your life because you know that it could be affecting your life. And when these, often when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it'll be highlights. So you'll go, okay, stealing. Oh man, that's, why has that come up? Why is, you know, why is my mind playing on that word? Uh, often it'll be because the Holy Spirit's talking to you about something. Again, not necessarily something about your own life, but probably something that's happened in previous generations that's affecting your life now. Uh, sources of curses, where do, where do curses come from? I think that's a really good one to bring, uh, try and bring some answer to. Number one is God himself. Uh, who, who and where do curses come from? Number one, God himself. God blesses and curses. Uh, breaking of the two commandments, having no other gods, I, the idolatry thing. There are curses that are put on. Our God is a jealous God, all right? Number two, all occult practices. Everything of the occult uh, brings a curse, and uh, I'm not just talking about magic spells. I'm talking about things that people get involved in that are actually very, occult, uh, very much occultic practices. There's 40 scriptures speaking against occult practices in scripture. There's a whole list of things as well uh, in regards to that, which we don't have, which I normally take people through. And there's about five or six pages of occult practices that people tick off and then they realize, go through it and pray some stuff out. Uh, the third one in regards to a source of a curse is, now this is really important, this is persons in authority over your life can actually put a curse on your life. Words spoken from your parents or your teachers, those in authority over you, words spoken have supernatural powers. Life and death is in the power of the what? Of the tongue. Statements like, you are no good. You are useless. 
You are a failure. And I tell you, some people have been living 80, 90 years of their life with these kind of curses over them, not being able to break through. You are no good. You are useless. You are a failure. You will never be any good. You are hopeless. You will never achieve anything. You are ugly. You are a bad person. You are always a liar. It's in the family and you're sure to get it, etc. You're just like your father. Oh, where'd that come from? Uh, you know, and, and so uh, that's really, you know, it really is something that can often hold us back from walking into, because often the way we see persons in authority is often how we see God at times. And when we have a person in authority speak negative things over us, we actually kind of reflect it as being something of a God-like authority. And, uh, and that's not the way God is, right? Okay, you still with me? Okay. Next thing is unscriptural, uh, sorry, self-imposed curses. Self-imposed curses, which become like inner vows. Uh, I'll never be any good. I'll never forgive myself. God doesn't love me. I hate myself. No one loves me. I want to die. I'm better off dead. Those things can actually become curses over your life that need to be broken. And they're they're curses that have been self-imposed. You've put them on there yourself. The next one, number five, is unscriptural covenants which is based on 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship is righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Number six, now we could spend a whole lot of time on that one as well, but number six, curses put on you by servants of Satan. For example, witch doctors, medicine men, and tongues. Kind of pretty out there, isn't it? Like I said, we're going into the twilight zone here, guys. Uh, but uh, we, Viv and I are in our early, early years. Um, we spent three months in Kenya, and this was very real, this, this thing here, servants of Satan putting... Um, putting uh, curses on people and, and all of that very much uh, you know, in places like that. But I think subtly probably some things here going on as well. Number seven is objects in the home. Be very careful about the objects you have in your home. Be careful about where you got the objects from that are in your home. Uh, we are to have no abominable thing in the home. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 27, uh, verse 26. Do not bring a detestable thing into your house, or you like it will be set apart for destruction. Utterly abhor and detest it, for it is set apart for destruction. Uh, and, you know, that's... Okay, so indications of a curse, the reasons for a curse, and the sources of a curse. All done. All done, everyone. You got through it. Excellent. Let me uh, give you this scripture here and then we're going to pray. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6 to 10. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts. This is the consecration aspect of your life and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart. Anybody want to love God with all their heart, with all your soul and live? The Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies. All those curses will be put on your enemies who hate and persecute you. You will again obey the Lord and follow all his commands I'm giving you today. 
then the Lord your God will make you most prosperous in all the work of your hands and in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your land. The Lord will again delight in you, make, make you prosperous just as he delighted in your fathers. If you obey the Lord your God and keep his commands and decrees that are written in this book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. All right, how to be released from a curse. Here we go, number one. Confess your faith in Christ. Confess your faith in Christ. Number two, confess any known participation in the occult and any known sin on our own part of it or of our ancestors. Okay, we're gonna do that very, very soon. Renounce Satan, command him to depart. Number four, accept God's forgiveness. If we confess our sins, okay, confessing our sins, confessing the sins of our forefathers, really important to do. And number five, commit all areas of our lives to God. That's it. That's the hope we have. That's the answer. <laughs> we have an answer. Every curse is nothing. Every curse is nothing. Everything that's been holding you back has no power once you give it to Him, once you give it to Christ. No power. God has given you authority over all the enemy's power. You can walk on snakes and scorpions, you crush them under your feet. Nothing will in any way do you harm. And that's God's plan. That's God's ideal for you and for your life. I guess the question is, well, okay, there it is. It's out there. What do you reckon? What are you thinking? What's going on in your mind that you know that, oh man, I really need to come to God with this. I really need to bring this to the feet foot of the cross. You know, casting your cares, casting your burdens upon Him because He cares for you. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to see you set free. That's what His desire is. So what is it you feel like you need to work through? What is it that you feel like you need to deal with? What is it that's on your heart? As a, even as a family, what is it that you see going on in and around your life that is actually holding you back? The Lord wants to do amazing things among you. Let Him do it. But to let Him do it, there's gotta be a consecration. There's gotta be this cleanup. So this morning, we're gonna pray a prayer together. Is that okay? We're just gonna pray a prayer together and, and you're gonna pray it with me. And tell you what, you're gonna walk out different, I reckon. Something good's gonna happen. Something good is in store for us. We want to walk into the promises of God. We wanna walk into the promised land. This is a moment of consecration and of dedication and devotion to Him. So everybody, would everybody like to stand? We're gonna put this prayer up on the screen and we can read it together if you like. It'd be good if you can read it, or whether, you know, actually speak it out as we speak it out together, uh, because I think that there is power in the confession of a prayer, not just kind of a mind thing or head thing, but actually, no, I wanna, I want, I want you to speak it out because I, I really believe that as you speak it out, you know, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. There's a whole lot of power in confession. And so I, I think as we do this, think about some of the things that you know you need to be free from. Get the list out in your mind. And we're gonna pray this prayer. And as we pray this prayer, I'm gonna, we're gonna stop for a moment. You're gonna go through that list. You just say, God, I ask for forgiveness for such and such, since my father, since my, my ancestors. Let me tell you, there's power here. God is here. He is here and He wants to help you. But, you know, well, why can't He just do it anyway? Well, confess your sins. 
confess your sins. And, 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 you know, if it's not your sin, then blame somebody else. Like, you know, feel free to blame someone else. Oh, it was my, my dad or my grandfather or my great-grandfather. That's all cool. But it sets you free. Okay. Here we go. Let's put it up on the screen, McLaren. Are you all right with this? All right? Let me pray for a moment. Just, Father, I pray just for a sovereign moment right now. God, that you would move powerfully right now in this place. Lord, I, I, just these next couple of minutes, God, let there be a, a, a something that breaks, Lord, over our lives forever, for eternity. And that brings us into an incredible place with you, God, in Jesus' Name. Amen. Here we go. I proclaim, you're going to follow me, all right? Don't, don't follow after me. Follow me as I read this, okay? Everybody, I proclaim that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I now bring the fullness of His cross, death, blood and sacrifice, His resurrection, life and empty tomb, His authority, rule and dominion. I bring judgment from the throne of Jesus Christ against every foul power, witchcraft and curse. I bring Jesus Christ cursed for me against all curses that have been raised against me, written, spoken, unspoken or transferred to me. If you know what the exact curses are, no, here we go. If you know what the exact curses are, all right, you just go through it now yourself. Just Just a brief moment, go through what you think some of those curses might be in your own life and just give it to God. Just give it to God. Just name them. Name those things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Okay, we start at the I bring over here, all right? I bring. Here we go. All together. I bring the blood of sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, His blood shed upon the cross against all blood sacrifices and rituals and their every claim against me. I bring Jesus Christ, the Son of God, sacrifice for me against all ritual sacrifices and their every claim against me. I bring the dedication of Jesus Christ for me in death upon the cross against all ritual dedications. In the name and by the blood of Jesus Christ, I break the power and hold of every curse. Next. In the name, keep going, and by the blood of Jesus Christ, I break the power and hold of every curse that has come to me through transfer by another human being. In the name and by the blood of Jesus Christ, I break the power and hold of every curse that has come to me through words spoken. In the name and by the blood of Jesus Christ, I break the power and hold of every curse that has come to me through occult practices. In the name of Jesus, I declare every legal hold and every legal ground of the enemy broken, disarmed and destroyed. Satan has no hold over me now through curses or occult practices. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I am free. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. I order these curses and claims utterly disarmed and dismantled now through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and in His name. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I command all demonic spirits that have gained access to me through curses cut off and vanished 
banished from me and my household in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, I ask You to send Your Holy Spirit now to completely disarm all curses from me. Disarm their every device and render them destroyed. I ask You, Holy Spirit, to remove all foul spirits involved in these curses in the name of Jesus Christ. I now claim every spiritual blessing that my Heavenly Father has given to me in Christ Jesus. Right here in the very place of all cursing by the authority and power of the Lord Jesus Christ and in His Name. Jesus, may these things be fully accomplished now through Your mighty Name. I give You thanks and honour and praise. All of this I pray by the authority and in the mighty Name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your hands together. Let's give God some praise. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.